This Short Code podcast is a proud member of the MedEd Media Network. Inspiration, information, and guidance on your journey to medical school and beyond at mededmedia.com. Meandering in the margins of medicine, it's the Short Code podcast. Weird news, fresh views, helpful clues, and interviews by students for students. Subscribe to our weekly show at theshortcode.com. Welcome back to the Short Code Podcast, a production of the University of Iowa Carver College of Medicine. I'm Dave Etler. On today's show, a listener question about how physicians cope with the obesity, obesity epidemic, overuse of sperm donations cause concern for donors' offspring. And yet another thing not to put in or on your face. We'll talk about these more. Plus, Yahoo Answers. Uh, yes. Yes. <laughs> Helping me unpack this mess are my co-hosts this week, fresh from the med-ed trenches. And since you listeners can't effectively applaud them, please offer your warm feelings for M4. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I just got promoted, maybe. For M7, <laughs> M5, thank you very much. Oh. Now shut up, I'm trying to finish. <laughs> oh, that's what she said. For Lean Sanduk. Hi. Uh, we've also got Claire Castaneda. Top of the obesity epidemic to you. We've oh got <laughs> we've got Kylie Miller. Bonsoir. And we have newbie Ali Hassan. Nerd. Hi, I'm Ali Hassan. Uh, <laughs> Ali, why haven't you been? You're you're an, you're a second year student. What is your excuse for not having joined me on the show? A crippling fear. Oh. He, no, he is also the most outgoing person of his class. Is that true? No, I sit in a box all day. <laughs> I hear Claire dragged you onto the show, but it's Claire true. did. She signed me up without my permission, and here I am wow. now. Claire, mm-hmm. consent is key. I mean, that's next I'm... week's topic. <laughs> the absence of no doesn't mean yes, Claire. <laughs> he was, he was like, I want to do this thing, and I said, then I already signed you up. <laughs> You have so much we have a test. Hey, med- <laughs> we have a test in an hour. Med this is sounding is, more and more dirty med all the school time. school is 70% fear, 30% crying. More fear, yeah. <laughs> and I'm passing with flying colors because I cry more than 30% of the time. Oh. Oh, excellent. That's fantastic. Kylie. Dave. Before we start, I want you to tell the story that you told us before the show. Oh. How's, how is your surgery rotation? So I finished surgery and I think it was a, it was better than people like make the horrors out to be aside from the like persistent eviscerating fear of like starving to death while in the OR and none of the podcasters at home can see like I am in no immediate danger of like withering like from starvation but it's just six hours is a long time for me like not to eat I'm a consistent snacker so I was shoving a cliff bar in my face while changing into OR scrubs in the what time of day was that um, it was like 7.30 in the morning. So was this your breakfast? Yep. It was a Cliff Bar. No, this is not endorsement. Um, that contained caffeine. So like a double hit. <laughs> okay. And, um, Food and drugs all in one. Very efficient. Mm. And yeah. it fell onto the ground in uh, the OR locker room. Oh. Hey. Well, it's the, the, the patients don't come through the OR, right? No, but the shoes do. Just yeah, the do, bottom yeah. of the shoes which little, have been everywhere in the hospital oh coming to contact yeah. them. Yeah. Oh, boy. That uh, cliff bar contacted some foot somewhere before true. it fell mm-hmm. on the ground. <laughs> you think yeah. so? So I was, like, faced with the dilemma. Is that part of the manufacturing process <laughs> to uh, expose bit, it to one foot? A little bit of foot in every bar. And I was like, 
probably exceeded the five minute rule because I just like stared at it in horror for maybe like 15 seconds thinking about like I'm going to starve unless I eat this cliff bar and I was like what what if the surgery goes long like I'm kind of a black cloud every case goes longer when I'm in it and then I just couldn't take it anymore so I picked up the cliff bar and I ate it it was more like the minute one minute 47 second rule in your case (laughs) yeah wow but I am here to tell the tale with only one case of tonsillitis later so okay wow the human body is very um resilient you know it has an immune system what's the worst that could happen i mean you're not gonna get like foodborne transmission of like a bloodborne pathogen that may or may not be on a shoe so i think it's it was a safe decision you think okay i did get strep after day one of micro lab Oh. oh, I don't really? know, but I'm also just a dirty no. person. The I'm, just, <laughs> I'm when, just a little dirt ball. <laughs> you were just telling us how you eat out of the garbage. <laughs> it's true. I'm a little like I'm like a raccoon. Oh <laughs> yes, don't trash, give yourself that much the credit. The trash pandas of America, <laughs> cute, cute, but will fight you. Yeah, but not very successfully. But I will use my hands a lot. What a sad so, picture I mean, of medical student, school you people are painting. Student hunger, like, is a real problem. Like, true. a lot of papers have like come out. Or like a lot of conversation around that in the last year about like one in four student college students like will face hunger like food insecurity. So I was advising Claire that if she needed food, that there are like student food banks or places you can go here in Iowa City and most college towns that will help you if you're struggling to afford food. Um, and she informed me that food banks, she's like every trash can is a food. <laughs> They're bank. all around you. So <laughs> there's that. Okay. That's good to There's know. There's a lot of food waste in America. There is a lot That's of food waste. That's how I justify eating That's out of true. the garbage. There is a lot of food waste. <laughs> Why do you keep I, inviting them back? I don't know. I don't know. I know. There's so many people you could get on this. So many people are interested in interesting and very fun. <laughs> I come on and I'm like, I don't shower and I eat out of the garbage. <laughs> anyway. Well, we do have a listener question to get to this week. Um, we uh, Hannah got in touch. She's concerned about our ability, our, I'm not a physician, y'all's ability to treat obesity. Let's hear from Hannah. Hi, Short Coats. I love listening to your show. I am a Northwest Iowa native and want to go to medical school. I am a junior at the University of South Dakota getting ready to start studying for the MCAT and putting my application together. Carver College of Medicine is at the top of my list. Damn straight girl. I would like the Short Mm -hmm. Coats to talk about the obesity (laughs) epidemic. When shadowing physicians, it seemed like a hopeless cause. Morbidly obese people would come in complaining of a symptom caused by their weight, but they just want something to fix the symptom. Most of the time, the physician was met with animosity when losing the weight was brought up. What can we do as physicians? Is there anything we can do as physicians? I look forward to your response. Well, look forward no more, because here is our response. Any thoughts? Off the top of your head. Burn down a Dairy Queen? (laughs) They'll just build another one. That's true. Mm -hmm. Two more will crop up in its (laughs) place. That's right. Um, I feel like a a lot of patients do come in like wanting a solution yesterday to a problem that they have. And they're not like nine times out of 10, if you offer them a medication, they'll be like, okay, sure. Like as opposed to like the traditional form of medicine, which is, you know, eating right and exercising and sleeping and drinking water and things like that. But I feel like the problem we face in medicine is that there are things happening in society that like 
directly contribute to the obesity epidemic and then you're, you're fighting this wave you're fighting this industrial wave of like crappy food processed foods that are all that's available to some people and then you know this problem that takes decades to develop ends up in your lap and you have 10 minutes to fix it and you know it's not just frustrating for the physician it's frustrating for the patient it's i don't know there's no good solution yeah as a as a person of uh, mass as i like to think of myself <laughs> Well, we all contain mass, Dave. Okay. Well, I, I think I, I think one of the reasons um, their doctors one of the people one of the reasons people resist their doctor's advice um, that they lose weight is that it doesn't come with any useful way to do that. It doesn't come with any useful advice mm -hmm. on how to do that. Um, I mean, there's so many factors that contribute to obesity. Um, there's so much contradictory information. There's so much uh confusion i mean you've got um factors like uh, poverty psychological factors physical inactivity diets that are high in simple carbs mm -hmm. uh, uh diets high in fat like, and then there are those two camps are warring against each other sort of um we've got genetics overeating eating too often not eating often enough hormones ethnicity factors overabundance of low quality i mean it's it's frustrating to be confronted with that level of complexity as a patient along with the simple command to just you know lose weight yeah i feel like everything you just mentioned are things that are directly perpetuated by people and organizations that directly profit from the obesity ep epidemic becoming like continuing to be a problem i think that's that's been the most depressing moment of my adult life is realizing that the problems of the world don't exist because they're difficult to solve they continue to exist because someone directly profits from them. Ooh, yeah. she's on a roll. That is yeah. fire. Yeah, like yeah, there are people. Tasty sentences you're throwing. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. We did high, with high quality carbs Heck. and <laughs> low Plenty fat. Plenty of fiber. Yes, yeah. lots of fiber. Nutrient rich. Yes, is what I like to say. Yeah, going right through me. So my class, <laughs> <laughs> my class did a pilot project. Um, it's like part of a larger study being conducted and another program. Um, for education of medical students about um, weight modification, weight loss, um, and healthy like conversations around weight loss and motivational interviewing to encourage patients. Um, and a lot of us like didn't want to do it because everything they tell you kind of sounds like obvious. You're like, this is common sense. You know, re exercise, reduce your caloric intake, these sorts of things. But I think the problem that a lot of people do. I mean, our doctor's appointments are scheduled for like 15 minutes and it's hard to get kind of establish the rapport with the patient, enter the conversation, hear their motivations, counsel them thoroughly like on all of these different topics. We tend to like push it together where it's needs to be set aside in like several shorter, like more frequent appointments in which you can make one small change at a time. And um, they challenged us in our class to um, do five things for healthier living. And I feel like I've brought this up on the podcast before. So it was like drinking a full glass of water before every meal, um, not sitting down for more than one hour at a time, getting up and moving, um, get some kind of like exercise for 30 minutes a day, even if it's in like 10 minute increments. Um, don't eat before um, or like after 8 p.m. or something like that. And like stand on one leg while brushing your teeth to increase balance. And it was like five things and try to do them for as long as you can. And the point was like no one could do it because trying to change five things at once, it's such a major disruption in your routine and your patterns that you're likely to become discouraged early on and discontinue doing all of them. Whereas trying to do one 
for say like drink one full glass of water before every meal and I try that for like two weeks I think a new habit is formed I've heard 21 days is how long it takes to make or discontinue a habit Um, and so slowly incrementally doing those rather than making a list for our patients here are the four ways you need to modify your life immediately to start losing weight and it's just not realistic you're so right that's Mm -hmm. amazing I was just thinking some of the best advice I've ever heard is that you change one thing and you focus on that one thing and make it a habit because we are creatures of habit. And once something becomes a habit, you don't even think about it. You just do it. And then you can move on to the next thing. It makes perfect sense. Mm-hmm. And the motivational interviewing component is important for like most things in medicine. Talk more about smoking that. Smoking cessation or weight loss. So motivational interviewing is the idea of eliciting from the patient their reasons for change. So whatever you say as a person, like in a conversation, you're more likely to remember. So Ali could say, like whatever position he takes up, I instinctively as a human being am going to want to take up the opposite of his stance, mm. um, particularly with myself. Maybe I'm that's so you. Inflammatory. <laughs> no, it's, it's human nature. And so Ali may say like the you know, I don't know. Shall we demonstrate? Yeah, Ali, what would you say to be <laughs> inflammatory with me? Oh my gosh. <laughs> That's not what I thought oh. we were going to do. Sorry. What do you want me to say? I don't know. What's an opinion you have or something that you would tell me? Oh gosh. Like what's Be- about anything? Like maybe Beyonce is the greatest singer of all Beyonce time. Beyonce is the greatest what singer is the of all wor- time. What exactly. is the weak link in the Toy Story trilogy? The oh, weak no, that's link a big one. That's of the three movies? Of the three mean? movies. Which one is not the best? Number two. All right, take yeah. There you go. Huh. There's your Do, there's your conversation. What okay. are your feelings on Nutella? <laughs> oh, I love this Nutella. Is, we're just oh, putting him right. on blast. So like when you tell me Beyonce is the greatest singer of all time, like I could agree with you, but more naturally I'm gonna be like, um, no, actually, like obviously Pink is the greatest singer <laughs> of all say, time. Let's not be ridiculous and, and unrealistic. Because like we're but just not made to yes. agree, and so. What And what comes out of my mouth, I'm 10 times more likely to remember that than what Ali says. And so in motivational interviewing in a health standpoint, I might tell Ali smoking is bad for you. And he's going to counter the ways that smoking like he's going to be like, actually, smoking reduces my risk of preeclampsia. Smoking reduces my risk of, uh, you know, there's a cancer. I forget which one, but. Also the stress and, and anything he says, he's going to leave the office thinking more about that. But if I tell Ali, so what are some of the reasons you're thinking about quitting smoking? And he's suddenly going to tell me, well, I don't like not being able to breathe and run around with my kids. And if he hears those reasons, it's going to more likely encourage a change in him and motivate him to make the change. Or rather saying something like on a scale of zero to 10, how likely are you to quit smoking? And he might say a seven. And I'd be like, wow, like why a seven and not a four? And he's going to tell me why he's more motivated to change. And my favorite part of motivational interviewing actually is reflecting back at the patient, their own feelings. And so if you were talking to someone who's smoking and, you know, I don't know if they're thinking of, of changing or if they're kind of stuck in their ways and, and being a little bit more indecisive about that, just hearing them out and reflecting back, you know, oh, I understand that you're, you're, you know, hoping to quit smoking, but you just can't find, you know, the time or you feel a little bit hopeless in in achieving that. And then suddenly they hear their own thoughts, you know, shot back at them. And then that gives them a chance to reflect and maybe not, maybe they won't change immediately, you know, but now that they're thinking about it, it's going to, you know, plant a seed and hopefully that will grow into something bigger over time. But like you said, I mean, nothing 
nothing big, no big change is going to happen, you know, overnight. And we, like you said, Kylie, like we all have these habits and it's going to be hard to, to make that change. Mm-hmm. You're <laughs> describing like the, like a fancier version of like inception, basically. Mm-hmm. You're like planting the idea in the person's head, but in a way that they think that they can see, I mean, they did conceive of it essentially, mm-hmm. but you're sort of drawing it out and mm-hmm. making it seem more organic. It's a little but bit if I'm like manipulative, Al- <laughs> but it's in a good way. Yeah. If I'm like, Aline, what is, do you think the best move for your father's company now that he's passed away? And you'd be like, I should take control and then sell it. I'd be like, what a great motivational interview. That is immediately the plot, actually, of <laughs> Did you just randomly also, Aline's back? sleeping. <laughs> <laughs> We're on a plane. Everyone's drugged. I don't know if we ever got out. Let's not spoil the whole movie. <laughs> yeah, I actually have not seen it. So I was like, really? wow, either. what a weird example. I feel like it's been like nine years since the movie came out. I'm allowed to say this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The statute of limitations is definitely right out for sure. Someone was like, or you were telling me, you're like, don't spoil Breaking Bad for me. And I was like, Breaking Bad ended years ago. <laughs> oh, yeah, but now while I'm watching it, don't just spoil it right in front of me. <laughs> But one really it's like, all Walt Jr. important thing that I think <laughs> we have to keep at the forefront of our minds, like as providers, and um, that was kind of pointed out there that clearly their symptoms are related to their um, obesity. And I mean, oftentimes they are, it manifests in like so many different ways, and it is an, like an inflammatory state at baseline. And your body is just naturally, you're not big boned. Like it's interesting to look at CTs of patients and see the kind of adipose tissue that surrounds what would be a normal sized body. And mm-hmm. you're, it's remarkable with some of these BMIs that people are really able to support themselves. But as providers, I think we need to be responsible for not making that assumption, not jumping to conclusions or discounting their symptoms and attributing it to obesity without doing a proper workup or hearing them out and being compassionate that maybe these are. And I think as a woman, I worry about that too, because we are so quick to discount women's pain Mm -hmm. or their experiences. And I think the same happens due to our our unconscious bias against obese individuals. Yeah. I I think it's also important to remember that for many, I, I would guess that for many people who are, you know, morbidly obese, there's a certain hopelessness to their outlook on their illness. And the hopelessness is... You know, it comes from, you know, the fact that they've tried before and failed. You know, maybe they didn't try the most effective thing, but they did try and fail. Maybe they tried that fad diet that everybody's talking about and it failed um, big time for them Um, or whatever. You know, they now feel at this point hopeless. And then when their doctor strolls into the room and says, hey, fatty, get rid of all that fat, you know, that's it's yet another point. that's hard it's hard to take that i mean of course you know the doctor isn't going to say exactly that but that's that's what it sounds like it's very dismissive mm-hmm. and um we also just like we crave instant gratification and something like that takes so much time and and, effort. and energy effort, you don't get the resources results. yeah so mm-hmm. if you're not getting the results right away what motivation do you have internally to keep that going to actually achieve the results that you need to achieve yep on the plus side hannah Seems like that if you end up uh, working with obese patients, inevitably you will. will. And you will. (laughs) But you could make that your whole career. You'll have, you'll likely 
have a plethora of work, unfortunately. So if you really want to career change, advice right there, yeah, get into obesity medicine. I was going to say, if you want to change it, then become a physician and then go into politics and policy and, yeah. you know, enact regulations that prevent companies from marketing really crappy foods to poor people and just people in general mm -hmm. that are driving this problem. Eliminate food deserts while you're at it, those sorts of things. But um, here's my little like educational nugget for the day for all of you who are currently med students or maybe taking a surgery shelf or even a medicine shelf, something like that in the coming future. Give me um, a nugget, Kylie. Where they, is this going? <laughs> yeah, no, it's actually, it's it came up on the test or the practice test and things. But um, when you're given a question about like this obese patients, like medical issues, and they ask what's the best long-term solution for remedying their symptoms due to obesity, they tell you like reduce calories, like exercise, um, you know, like, you know therapy like psychotherapy or gastric bypass and it's always gastric bypass to reduce like their life factors just because that's the number one way to like actually reduce the weight keep off the weight and reverse like diabetes and those sorts of things so it's always surgery that's Interesting. what you should pick there you go <laughs> yeah makes sense wonder who wrote that question <laughs> was it a surgeon the surgery <laughs> <laughs> the surgery industrial complex wrote yeah that big surgery yeah <laughs> exactly <laughs> Congratulations. Thank you. S sperm donor number 2757. <laughs> <laughs> You're the father of 45 girls and boys between the ages of 1 to 21 years old. Claire, you didn't tell us that. That's amazing. I'm so proud of my babies. I <laughs> I'm not paying child support. Uh, so here's the situation. Now that mail-away DNA testing and online registries are so common, it's now more possible than ever to link up with your half-siblings from your sperm donors. Wow. And people are doing just that. Uh, some are also petitioning for access to medical records of their fathers, as well as some regulatory limits on the number of offspring a donor can help conceive. One site, the Donor Sibling Registry, has more than 60,000 members and has now connected 16,000 people with their half-siblings. Um, sperm donors also no longer have the guarantee of anonymity they once did. Now that you can uh, sort of do internet detective work and, and uh, genetic testing, Everyone's a CIA agent. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's possible to use fun. genetic testing to find your relatives, for instance. So you go on, you know, 23andMe. 23andMe offers you the ability to find your genetic relatives. And then you might find the cousin of the person who donated uh, your, your, well, donated the sperm that con helped conceive you. And then now you can start to, to find the person who oh my God. didn't want to. All I can think Be known about as your father. My dad or my brother went through a patch of time where he was like pretty poor and I have no idea what he did for money. Oh. And I just see in my head 15 kids showing up on my doorstep you know being what? like, you're my aunt. You know what? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Your brother's going to love I mean, who sharing that factoid here on yeah. the podcast. And hopefully they were all sperm donation. Well, oh, wow. The founders of the donor sibling registry have this advice. Consider, considering the proliferation of some donor sperm, parents of children conceived with donated sperm should tell their children their biological father's donor number and for them to share that number with their dates. 
so that they don't get into any. That is yeah, also so what is, I was thinking. This is actually situations. the basis of many a Law and Order episodes. I know because I go home and rather than study, I just watch Law and Order. There repeat, are, and there are roughly a zillion. So it's probably Law and Order episodes out there. Yes, so. it's been on it's, for like there are 20 years. 425 right? of SVU specifically, but there are um, more <laughs> SVU episodes than there are sperm in an average donation. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but That's it's a, a real thing. It's called like genetic sexual attraction, and it's this idea what? of like. Yes. So people are naturally like without knowing that you're related, we tend to have attraction to whether it's like your father or a half sibling or something because like attracts like. And it's this whole thing that we select mates that are like ourselves and it's called assortive mating. And so we select for people that have like similar appearance, mental like capacity, like we deem them naturally as more trustworthy, more attractive in our own minds. And this is like how people get into trouble not knowing. Because hmm. they're at increased risk of like gravitating towards those yes. people. Especially if you're in the fact. same like geographic area, it you're likely to be, you know, similar ages. And so maybe that's why you should just, you know, tattoo your donor number on your arm and... <laughs> Don't peg. This is like a new Maybe on your novel. genitalia, like, then that way it'll be like obvious. Like. Do you want it to get that far, Dave? Well, <laughs> I'd like to oh, yeah, know that's before actually, I got that's, them into the you know, sack. It's, that's a, a, super it's a delicate good point. balance. Right. It's a delicate balance before do I lead with this is my father, the sperm donor's identity okay. at your first date? Maybe, okay, so maybe put the <laughs> no, tattoo on your, somewhere on your core. What, yeah. what maybe, if we just. Maybe on the inside of the lip. So as you're going yeah. in for a kiss, you can just. Still, flash. again, I don't want to get By the way. Like a chimpanzee. Just it's also hard to see. <laughs> hard to see in the dark of the brothers' dance floor. Just for reference, it's a sleazy bar. Many in town, children have been conceived at brothers. I'm pretty sure. Oh, oh no. God, I've never been so grateful to be half Asian in this town. But... <laughs> here's, the relatives here's the of me are so clear. <laughs> With, like, in the sci-fi future that I'm picturing, like we don't tell our children why we tattoo this number on their arm at birth. Like they don't know what it is. And everyone, baby, like gets this number, and so you just like are conditioned to avoid anyone with the same number. Oh, oh, whoa! I have issues. That <laughs> would make a great movie. Yeah, actually, There's you a... just got ripped off by a studio mo movie yeah. exec who's listening to this show right now. I'm Can sure, I... and many of them are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're in the audience. Yeah, I was going to ask if I could say that again because I 100% got that wrong. That's okay. Studio movie exec, movie studio. Exactly. That's what I meant to say. <laughs> well done. Thank you. Donor number 2757, who I mentioned at the top of this uh, portion of the show, by the way, has been found by his progeny after one of the half siblings somehow got his confidential information. They're coming for you, Ali. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Ali is the only one here at this table that makes sperm. Like, how would you feel? Wait a, wait a minute. <laughs> hey, you're not at the table. That's I mean, true. I've never been tested, but I do have how two children. How dare you assume about my life? Yes. Uh, yeah, oh, yeah. I thought that's what you were saying was like one of the two of us. Oh, yeah, no, Ali, like, <laughs> how would you? Ali sounds like Aline, so I thought oh. maybe as you were addressing Ali, you were looking. Yeah, can we be a little more careful? I just careful, can't please? look yeah. away from you, and not to assume that you guys don't make sperm. I just, Ali, from a male's I perspective, <laughs> do you feel, I think women have a different idea, because, like, donating eggs is a very invasive process, but, like, are you attached to your sperm? You know, I I do want to point out before you answer, Ali, that his shirt says just keep swimming. <laughs> That's all there is to say. 
Dave wanted more pictures of us on the show, so I'm going to take a photo. Is that what you've been this. doing? I just don't know. I didn't know. I felt really uncomfortable. Can you can you please show me your chest? Thank you. Wow. Um you yeah, know, so so anyway, uh, 2757 has now met several of his offspring. He seems relatively okay with it. Um, those offspring have now spread around the world, including Australia, New Zealand, and Canada, because uh, apparently selling sperm uh, is a thing. There have even been several small reunions um, of the family members. That's of, nice. It's like when people adopt <laughs> from the same litter of dogs. Uh, well, wow. <laughs> so anyway. There has he never... just really handsome. He actually Maybe. he was so he what we know about him is that he was a um, he was a photographer, Ooh. Uh, he was a surfer, so he, okay, you know, there it is. athletic so doesn't guy. shower. Him and Claire have a lot in common. Um, and I'm gay. Call me seven fifty seven or whatever your number is. <laughs> <laughs> so we do know a few things about him. That's probably one reason why he was so popular. Because I'll need one eventually. Well, oh. probably not. I'm probably just gonna pick up. I don't know. If one of his goes wandering, I'll take it. Just remember that number and you can yeah. start using another number. Is there a number. job where you vouch against someone getting a child? <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to apply. <laughs> For Claire specifically? Yes. Yeah. Got it. It's only right. <laughs> There's never been a more prolific sperm donor than Genghis Khan, though. So Yeah. yeah. Just going to yeah. drop that, aren't you? I don't know if he was a donor, per se. Yeah. Fair enough. <laughs> I don't know about you guys, but I do love me some questionable beauty treatments, as we discussed last week. Oh, shout out to our sponsor, Goop.com. Yeah. Oh. Uh, <laughs> not at all a sponsor. I found a new one um, after we recorded last week's show. Um, the Vampire Facial. Mm -hmm. uh, one spa. <laughs> Why did we do this after sperm donation talk? <laughs> one spa. Yes, it's not that. One spa in Albuquerque was recently shut down after officials uh, probably vomited in a sort of puzzled disgust uh, when they found the spa was using practices that could spread diseases and advise clients to get tested for bloodborne illnesses. One injection related service involves injecting a person's own blood into their face in the hopes that it will improve the health of the skin. Let's hear from uh, one person who enjoyed this product. Once that process is over, you get cleaned up, and then the remaining blood, she gives it to you separately in a bag so you can put it on the next two days. Oh, my God. No. No. <laughs> no. I'm sorry what? I said that really what loud. What in the world? That's her. That's horrific. What that in sounds... the world is wrong with people? Yeah. I think that What's Ollie's homegirl, Beyonce, does this. It's like an Illuminati ritual, too. Yeah. That's the first people I heard about doing this were the Illuminati. We're tight. <laughs> well, they don't usually put the blood back in. They usually take it out and then discard it. They don't put it back in. Yeah, what... Who are we talking about yeah, that's taking the blood out? <laughs> the Illuminati. Oh, the, the Illuminati. No, Wait, but they yeah. use it for facials or they take like blood baths and things. That's how they keep oh. their skin youthful and vibrant. Like, Beyonce is like 40, right? She looks better than me. Well. <laughs> Ali. Wow. I haven't even worked nights yet. The, the spawn, the spa owner, the spawn, the spa owner. Spawn. The spa owner says she's always used new needles, uh, but the spa's license expired back in 2013. The Department of Health says it did the inspection when it learned of an infection of one of the spa's clients that could have resulted from one of its procedures. Um, where did they no get way. this idea? Like, where did they come up with this shit? I don't know. Where like, don't you already have? I mean, I am no doctor. I'm not a medical student. I'm only medical student adjacent. Yeah. 
but my <laughs> like understanding my is my understanding <laughs> is that your face is filled with blood already. Not true. Perfused it's with not blood. A, not a single drop of blood in there. Why do we? Why would we need to put <laughs> it back? Skin skull. <laughs> It's like yeah, it's like a hide, um, a no, leathery Claire hide. Anatomy. Have you have you seen Face Off? Unrelated. Well, kind no. of related. In Face Off, there's a scene where they do a face transplant between um, Nicolas Cage and John Travolta. Yes. And what the surgeons do is they take a laser, they draw a circle around the person's face, yeah. and then they put a little suction cup on, and then they just suck the face off. Oh, there's nothing. Is that how that works? Nothing keeping your face to your head. Oh, you're just a thin. You seem too young to know that movie. Oh, I've been watching that movie since. Oh. oh. I'm a big Cage yes. fan. There's a well, Nicolas Cage pillow on my bed. Oh, that's so Oh my god, I, I would never sleep. It my, is very disturbing. Dave actually <laughs> disturbing. My mom gave it to me. Wrap you your know, minds around that. <laughs> is it like how my grandma's worried that I'll be like single and alone forever, so she like gives me weird gifts to try and help me get along? Like she's like, here's a Nicolas Cage pillow for your bed to just facilitate. I think she was this. hoping Claire would stay at home out of the public with this pillow forever. <laughs> But it didn't work, sadly. My mom has told me before, I am the last child of my family and the one that she's most confused by in general. And so sometimes she'll give me things like a Nicolas Cage pillow or a voodoo doll <laughs> and be like, I thought you would like this. Wow. I don't really know what to you do with what? it, but I think it's for you. you know, <laughs> that is beautiful. Isn't it? That is beautiful. It is. So trying she's to like, I don't get at. you. Yeah. She's expressing she's her love and also acknowledging your uniqueness yeah she's oh. like i don't get this thing and i don't get you so maybe they go together have you seen <laughs> you know we see shit online and it's you're amazing. like who buys this and now i know it's claire's it's mom, me. <laughs> it's mom. <laughs> so um i have six grumpy cats in my apartment three of which are stuffed animals one of which is waist height by the way, there's a picture of this of one of these people getting a vampire facial facial that I saw. Basically, they you know after they inject it, they smear the blood all over your face. This is what you're supposed to do in the next two days. You rub it into your into your face and this. So my question is, how do they keep the blood liquid? Because once they take it out, doesn't it start coagulating, or do they put anticoagulative oh. in it? Maybe they're natural. How do they how do they keep it liquid in the in the bag in the blood bank? Maybe it's the same way. Yeah. Um, just rub kind it really of related. Fast. So this like played out in a real Heat situation. It up in the microwave. <laughs> On Obigain, um, occasionally there are patients that wish to keep their placentas to do with it what they want. Um, and so we had a patient who wanted to have her placenta like encapsulated so that she could take it orally. Um, and asking like if we knew places around Iowa that would do that for her. Oh um. And so, I mean, the mid the midwife handled it very well. She's like, so there are a couple places that are licensed and you like, whatever you do, make sure you have somebody that's like verified to have, you know, been, be up to standards with sanitation and like health code. Incredibly important. Um, so that you're not, you know, in taking someone else's placenta or yeah. have contaminated stuff. Do not go to the VIP spa of Albuquerque, New Mexico. That would be a bad so idea. So many things wrong with that. So many things wrong. First off, your placenta makes hormones like crazy. And I imagine that when you ingest them, you're going to throw your entire endocrine system off balance. I mean, of course, it's going to go to your stomach, so it's going to get destroyed. But it just doesn't seem... Yeah, I don't know. That's not even the worst of the things I can think of that'll happen to your body if you eat your own placenta. Yeah, just like plant a nice tree with your placenta. I do think that's kind of a beautiful image, but I don't want to carry anything out of a cooler from the hospital. Like... No, it's just yeah. the baby's heavy enough. I don't. I don't want to <laughs> eat something that came out of me. Yeah, 
Yeah, mainly. Yeah. You know, well, I'm just trying to think of an example in which we do that normally, but there is I mean, I'm coming up empty. Yeah. <laughs> we tell kids not to eat their boogers. It's a little bit the same thing, you know. Once it, once it <laughs> comes exactly out, exactly I turned out fine. <laughs> vaginal booger. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Remember, <laughs> did you guys talk about on the show that lady in the Bay Area of California who made yogurt out of her own vaginal yeah, secretion? Yeah, I believe we spoke oh. about that. Oh yeah. Oh, finally, Wait, she made bread too out of her yeast oh, infection, right? <laughs> I think it was an art thing, wasn't it? Alina's cowering in the corner for Sorry, at Alina. home. That's disgusting. That is disgusting. It's all I'm natural. Dying. I'm not a yogurt person, and did I think she, because of that, did she just like <laughs> did she get a yeast infection? She's like, how can I make money off of this? You save money, make I your think, own bread. I don't have time to go to the grocery store. I think store. she was, she <laughs> was making lemons students. out of lemonade. She was That's making right. bread out of a yeast infection. Yes, right. you it's about the, with the a little lemonade. Oh, guys, or lemons? Like, like, do they not have enough work to do? Like, do we need to be giving them more homework? Like, like, make they have bread. so much time on their hands that they're like, I wonder what would happen if I made bread with <laughs> that. Yeah, that's. You need you have too much. You need like, a job. Have you ever you gotten like you're like, oh, I'm going to make cookies tonight or something at home. And you're like halfway into mixing all the ingredients. Like, no, no, that's what I was no. And then you're no, like, oh, crap, thinking. I'm out of yeast. Or I'm like, out of no. eggs. Hello. And, oh, I have I some. I'm a making fountain it. of yeast. <laughs> Go free. <laughs> we live on loans, people, you know, cut corners where you can. Well, <laughs> oh I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> this kind of reminds me, though. Uh, that we haven't visited the saddest place on the internet in a while. Uh, so let's go visit uh, with the fine folks over at Yahoo Answers. Oh, I thought we were going um, to my MySpace page. <laughs> As always, I figure it's a great way for you guys to practice your patient education skills on some questions that imply lots of education is needed. Um, so here uh, is our first question for you guys to practice on. Are you ready? Mm -hmm. I'm not a smoker. But sometimes I roll up some cardboard and light the end of it and act like I'm smoking. <laughs> is it bad for the lungs to do that? That is an, that is an excellent question. I think wow. it depends on the cardboard that you're smoking. No, actually it doesn't. It uh, Smoking anything, it does not matter. Um, any smoke inhalation into lungs is a negative thing, as evidenced by my surgery experience um, when you are cauterizing flesh like and achieving hemostasis and like whatnot in the ER, like there's a lot of smoke. And so one of the med oh. student jobs is to stand there with the suction and literally suck up the smoke because surgeons You're over their career will inhale a lot of smoke and have it. They said it's like smoking a People quarter smoke. pack of cigarettes or something in a surgery. Wow. People smoke. But um, <laughs> it gets worse because then in OB-GYN surgical procedures, they give you like special masks and whatnot because as you burn, you are aerosolizing genital warts. Oh, that will happen yeah. into your lungs. And Never that, thought of that. That is definitely worse than smoking. You get Can you imagine in your nose? Who was yeah. the first person who was like, "Wait a minute, <laughs> <laughs> I'm aerosolizing genital warts." Occupational medicine is a very depressing field to look into because every single thing we do. <laughs> necessarily happen because someone learned the hard way yeah. that we should be doing that it's thing. detrimental mm -hmm. to our health like we are sacrificial lambs for the good of society yeah <laughs> we're in the trenches a little bit sounds like we can all agree that smoking a rolled up piece of cardboard is 
Unless well, it's a Frosted sp- Flakes box, yes, right? Yes. Okay, we're so, all in agreement. So I, yeah, we're on the same page. Are, is, has Claire been smoking Frosted Flakes boxes again? <laughs> I've been smoking many things. <laughs> Not one of them is meant to be smoked. May I remind I you here that one day that you are going to be applying for residency oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. programs. <laughs> oh, we're talking specifically about cereal boxes. Okay. Um, oh, so it sounds like this person, to circle back to motivational interviewing, yeah. kind of is thinking about changing. And so I would want to know what kind of cardboard is it corrugated? Is it like those big ass IKEA boxes? Or are we smoking frosted flakes? Because I think we could talk about Yahoo Answers person about dialing back your cardboard smoking into you know the little stuff that you're maybe a square inch yeah. instead of a square <laughs> foot. Inch, yeah. yeah. So one thing I do like when I work with patients at the Free mental health clinic is um, if they're having ideas about like their drinking being problematic or their drug use being problematic and things, I'll ask them like, well, what does, you know, what does smoking marijuana do for you? Like what encourages you? Like, why do you prefer like to do this? And um, then they'll say, well, you know, it helps me relax and things because it gives me an idea of like, what could we substitute in that position to mm. get the same oh, effect for them? Brilliant. So why are you smoking cardboard? Yeah. And she's like, what maybe a- I just don't have a lot of hobbies. And I'd be like, have you <laughs> ever thought about rollerblading? Yes. You could make things out of that cardboard mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. and, and oh, sell them at your wonderful. local craft fair. Like forts for your cat. Oh my God. I was just about to say a fort. Oh God. <laughs> I literally was about to say. Everyone needs to calm cardboard. down here. <laughs> If you listen, if you can't get down with forts, no, I don't want to know are, you. <laughs> I like to get down in forts. Okay. <laughs> also okay. All right. Well, uh, that was that was good. I think you guys did real well on that one. Let's see if you can uh, see if you can handle this one. My battle itch is nonstop. <laughs> Why my booty hole is so bad? Why? Why my? That's it. Why, that's why actually, my booty hole that was, it's so bad? That actually had. wasn't the Yahoo Answers. That was Kylie's text to me last night. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's got it. So, like, straight up, I'm gonna. I'm about to do like my first pimping um, as a medical professional. So Ali, you are my medical student, bitch. And oh, I know no. for a fact that you just finished microbiology. So I'm gonna defer this question to you and only you. What Escaris causes eggs? Yes. What causes itchy buttholes? And when does it tend to occur? Oh. Like time of Play. year, time of, no time of day. Oh, time of day yes. in the morning. No, nope. It that was oh Claire? the wrong answer. I'm trying so hard not to say so many things right now. <laughs> I'm like actually really useless right now. So yes, these these worms, um, pinworms are actually super common in kids. Kids will complain of like itchy buttholes, particularly at night, um, because that's when the layer like the mums will come out and lay their eggs around the butthole. And so there's a test you do. You place a piece of tape over the butt at night. So then when you pull it off, you see the eggs of the worm. And it's a positive test um, knowing to treat this person for pinworms. Isn't it also, though, because your butt might not be clean enough? True. Well, yeah, but that's that usually why it itches it. in the daytime. Yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> but if you're itching at night, you should consider worms. Oh, didn't think of that. So he did not give us enough details to really be helpful. Yeah, you'd want to ask more questions in this case. So what is one supposed to do for um, worms in your butt? What'd you call it? Pinworms? Pinworms. What are you supposed to do about pinworms? Worms hate birds. They're enemies. (laughs) (laughs) So you introduce introduce a bird. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Drop your pants. Such a visual. You gotta bend over. (laughs) Um, We're just going to put this really sharp thing next to your butthole. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) 
you, Is that okay? But it perpetuates the circle of life. You give them Thank like, you. I don't remember which <laughs> specifically it is, but like albendazole or yeah. Um, yeah, one of the azoles. Yeah. Antiparasitic. Well, there you go. Uh, yet another question successfully answered. How about this one? If you had to be allergic to something, what would it be? I personally Ooh. would be allergic to Pluto, the planet Pluto. Oh my God. How Tell often, me more. If I had to be allergic to something, I would want to be allergic to something that I will never come into contact uh, with. Oh, I was oh, going really? in a totally different direction. I was going to say annoying people so that I'd have a legitimate excuse to be like, I'm sorry, I have to leave now. Uh, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank I you. Would, I would put it to my advantage. One thing I don't recommend being allergic to are the surgical masks in the OR, as I discovered in the like third week of surgery. Oh, Are you allergic no. to surgical masks? I like b- like started breaking out like with itchy bumps all over the lower half. Did of you get my like face a Homer Simpson style? It wasn't. <laughs> it wasn't pretty. Oh, it was no. disgusting. What is? Oh. I mean, I've heard of people allergic to latex, but I don't think masks are made of latex. I don't know what it was in that, but like there are a couple different options. So once I mixed it up, now my life has been uh, a lot better. There you go. But shout out to that steroid cream that I saved from college. It really came in clutch. Yep. No. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <well. laughs> okay. Claire, what would you want to be allergic to? I would like to be allergic to spending more money than I have. Mm. <laughs> mm. I would like to be physically punished every time I do that, so I would finally stop doing it. That can be arranged. That's good. Yeah, that's true. That's <laughs> yeah. true. Mm. There's probably plenty of people on Craigslist who would do that. Too. Ollie, <laughs> so stuff you don't need. You'd well, be allergic right. to stuff. You I would like to be allergic to stuff. Mm, I don't no, need. okay, I get you. Yeah, yeah. maybe unkindness. No, because you're going to come into that contact with it all the time. Exactly. You're going to be a big blueberry. The world would be so beautiful. So you would need everybody else to be allergic to unkindness so that. You're right. Maybe it can be a contagious. Conditional response. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Why would you punish yourself when other people are being unkind? Yeah. That's cool. You're right. Wow. I did not think this through, everyone. Thank you. I'll just leave. You're welcome. (laughs) Don't leave. We're not done. I'm done for the day. All right. Let's try this one. I have dermatitis on my privates. The area looks wet but actually swollen. I went to dermatologist and they told me they couldn't help me. I went to Jesus Christ and he told me that it was something with my colon though he told me he is going to heal me. Should I just continue to pray and read the Bible? Honey, you got herpes. There's so many layers to that question. Yes, let's unpack. Jesus Christ is a it's, first of all. Let's colon, uh, let's, talk, guy? let's talk about the symptoms here. It, it was hard to understand, uh, but it's wet and swollen. No, he said it looks wet, but it's just swollen. It looks wet, but <laughs> so swollen. the skin is shiny. Okay. Oh, okay. Oh, that's is that lichen. how you t- okay? What'd you say? Lichen sclerosis. Oh, it does increase your risk of developing vulvar cancer. So, um, I could think it this also is be from, a from, curse from, of a non-believer? <laughs> oh. From, or from Jesus Christ or himself. Jesus I should say. For, trying to encourage you to leave your sinful ways of like sleeping around and things. So he gives you wet looking swollen privates. Oh. From something I from something I deleted, I did not choose to include. This is a male. Oh. Oh. Well, oh, so no, I got that. Vulvar yeah. cancer is off the differential. Um, <laughs> I think I think curse stays on. It's yeah, seeing a witch doctor is do definitely not, the next move. Yeah. My do not miss is. Find out if you have any curses. Why would a dermatologist say that I can't help you with your dermatology complaint? Because dermatologists don't treat genital herpes. They don't? I mean, well, they could give you a a cyclovir prescription, but you just live with it. One in four people actually has like antibody response, like a positive response to genital herpes, whether or not they have outbreaks. So, so... 
there's no cream or something that you could put on to alleviate the symptoms? No, you take oral like antivirals. Seems like something that a dermatologist could help you with. Um, this is the true Yahoo question. <laughs> what? Who the hell is that yeah, dermatologist? Who's your dermatologist? Which dermatologist do we never wow. refer patients I to? I really There's... wish that I could get a 270 on step one just to tell people I can't help them with their problems. <laughs> do you think this guy dropped his pants and this guy's like, I only do acne, dude. Yeah. <laughs> get out. Yeah. yeah good, I mean, you know, good luck with that, my friend. You know, but, it's but, about knowing your limits, though. I, if you're I would a dermat- say, <laughs> true. as to the question, should this should he continue just reading the bible and praying i would i mean i have no objection to that why not of course not and then if it helps you feel better i think that's great i might also consider getting a second opinion Mm-hmm. From, from, the, from the from a doctor, a second, not from Jesus. A but. second opinion after, like considering the first opinion is the dermatologist or Jesus Christ. Did the, the, the dermatologist? Okay. No, I agree with Claire. A second opinion from maybe an imam or a rabbi. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Explore other. Or a monk. Mm-hmm. No. Yeah. Can't be too sure. Oh. I because after all, I'm a little bit suspicious of Jesus' uh, uh, diagnosis of something to do with the colon. Right. Yeah. I, I didn't realize Jesus the, moonlit as a proctologist. Well, I don't. Yeah, I don't know that. <laughs> He's a, he does. He does locum would, tenens work. The colon would uh, likely not know. affect your genitals. Well, uh, I can tell you a lot of ways. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Depending, depending on what you're into. How Jesus, does, Jesus, I'm, sorry, I'm not like, passing judgment. How does every podcast I participate in somehow come back to <laughs> anal sex? <laughs> but wait, you know, then then Jesus might be right. Yeah, because we don't know this guy's sexual history. I mean, he is all knowing. That's why he you is the only one, one who God. sees. M twos. Yeah. Did Jesus? This is the semester you learn how to take an effective sexual history from a patient. Yeah. Have you done that yet? Not yet. No. I've I- taken an ineffective one. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you, an ineffective one is to look at a pregnant woman and say, "So I see you're sexually active." Oh, Someone in our oh. class tried that, and it was it was a no go. Oh no! Did they immediately follow up with, "No, no, redo, redo." Yeah, they like, they called timeout. <laughs> I, uh, I'm not very proud of this, but I did have to take a sexual history once in a, in a clinic um, because my ECE was an OB-GYN and I asked this person because I didn't know how to take a sexual history, but I was like, I can do this. And I was like, so are you sleeping with men, women, or both? And then this patient answered me and then I was like, and how many people at a time? What? <laughs> <laughs> Because wow. for some we need, reason, we need to I know like this. stuttered on the protection question, and I think mine went from protection to people at once. Okay. <laughs> like, wow. What kind of parties are you the more, the more details, the better. Yeah. <laughs> from the standpoint of like, I like to do this when asking someone how much they drink or how much they smoke or how many sexual partners they have. Always start like unreasonably high because... If I'm like, so how many people have you slept with in the last year? Like, would you say 70 to 80? And then they'll be, brilliant. Oh, oh no, only 45. And then they feel a lot less uncomfortable, like admitting their real number to oh, you. Oh, that's a good like, strategy. Do you drink, really smart. you know, every day, is it about three cases of beer? And they're like, no, only one case of beer. And they don't feel as judged. That's so interesting. That's brilliant. Mm-hmm. That is smart. Actually. I yeah. like to hope that these things are going to help me pass my uh, performance-based assessment here that I haven't studied for in an hour. <laughs> uh it will uh, thanks dave that's fantastic um all right uh well i would like to, i would also like to think that um jesus when he said um i think it has something to do with the colon was giving the him like some real shade when he asked that you know like mm-hmm. i think it has something to do with the colon okay? it is the 11th commandment i no. don't know that jesus is naturally like i don't like to think of him as a shade thrower and no. anyone at home we don't mean any offense no, jesus saves 
but yeah. All right, let's uh <laughs> let's find out uh let's let's take a look at this last question. I feel a fly has crawled into my skull and is inside my head. I was sitting outside last night and I heard a fly next to my ear, landed and crawled inside. When I normally feel earwax pour in my ear, I felt the bug crawl through inside and crawl on my skull. Is it possible it crawled through my cochlea? Then I can feel it walking around my head and then walk around on the back of my eye. I did feel that I swallowed something as well. Is there any chance the fly could somehow crawl from my ear to my brain? Or possibly through my nose? And also should I worry about a fly in my lungs? The answer to all the questions is yes. <laughs> I'm honest. Yeah. The first and foremost, what I took away from that is I am like forever now going to call it a cochlea instead of cochlea. <laughs> It's not, it's the speech, uh, text to speech things fault. Probably perhaps not this person's fault. I'm impressed that he, that this person knows yeah. the word cochlea. Yeah, yeah. but yeah. doesn't like know. They wait. They Hashtag waited WebMD. before they went on Yahoo Answers. They <laughs> yeah. said, "Is this a, no? I need to ask the world." I they got tried it. everything. Yeah. This is their last resort. You can tell. And I'm yeah. glad that they did because once again we can circle back to something that we've said earlier, which is that nothing is keeping your face on your skull. And that's so easy for flies to get in there. Yeah. And get behind your eye. <laughs> anyone, has anyone here like... Walk on the back of your eye. There's are a any lot of, of you uh, Nightmare Before Christmas fans? Yeah, Like I just picture this person as the boogeyman. Like the sack comes off and it's just a bunch of flies. Uh, oh, <laughs> I'm a big nightmare fan. So that sounds fun. I had is a nightmare it? last night. I mean, this is a real side. Sorry, Dave. That my mom started vaping and it was so uncomfortable. That was my nightmare. <laughs> like having, Wow. Why are you so judgmental against your mom? I, <laughs> I would prefer let my your, mom not vape. Let your theoretical dream mom do live her life. Did she? Did she have one of those great big ones that look like you know carburetors or something? You know, off a. Maybe she no, likes to feel like a dragon. Was or was it a vape? Was it a vape pen? Was it made out of cardboard? Was it a jewel? This vape pen. It was made out of cardboard. Yeah. No, it's, it wasn't a jewel. My mom's not a twelve-year-old white boy. <laughs> Uh, oh, did you just shove a Kleenex down your bra? <laughs> no, Claire. I'll it's not here. a bra. It's a bralette, and it's toilet paper. Thank goodness. Could be vitamins. <laughs> what, get, what is a bra? Anyway, <laughs> a bralette has straps. A bandeau, either. as someone last weekend called it, a um, stripe bra. I was like, no, no, that's not what the French call it. It's a bandeau. <laughs> bralette has straps, but it's not necessarily supportive as a there's real no bra. cup. Yeah. Mm. yeah. It's just fabric. It, Ali, it's basically like a, did you know this? No, I didn't know this. It's keeping the rest <laughs> of you from seeing how cold I am. I am 48 years old, <laughs> and I have never heard the word bralette. I've heard of a camisole. They're I've newer. Heard of... It's new. They're yeah. newer, yeah. It's Typically new. lacy. Oh. I thought a bralette would be like a smaller bra because like an owl and then an owlet is kind of like a smaller Listen, nothing owl. about women's fashion makes sense, so get out of here with that. <laughs> a small owl is still a creature of death. I don't think that's a very good analogy. I love owls. They I are love seen them. as an omen in many cultures. So, so scary. Yeah. It's they're weird how they can turn their head nightmares. all the way around. Yeah. yeah. I can do that after not sleeping for a couple of days. I bet. My mom sends me videos of this owl in our backyard, and it's they're they're the worst videos. They're so blurry, I can't see anything. And she's like, "Look at this owl," and then I just delete it. It's like one big T. 
We used to have an owl. Plus they're shot through a haze of vape smoke. <laughs> uh, oh, was, they came from Kylie's mom. It's <laughs> when I was in, in high school, mom, actually. there was an owl that would roost on like the chimney, and the chimney didn't work anymore, but there was still like an owl that would roost up there, and we'd hear him hooting all the time. Right down the and chimney. And then, yeah, right down the chimney. So we'd hear him. He would just be like screaming at us from up there, and then you would like hear a little bit of silence, and then you would hear something scream and die in the backyard. <laughs> Oh my god! I, I once, and that's when I knew that around. that was a creature I don't want to play with. <laughs> sat oh around for half an hour thinking about a good name for an owl, and I was like, oh, "What is the owl's name in Winnie the Pooh? What is the owl's name in Winnie the Pooh?" And it's I was like, "Owl, it, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Mister Owl." Mr. I don't even owl. think it's Mister Owl, is it? <laughs> Maybe not. And, but then, yeah, like all all of the characters' names are just their yeah. animal species. Gender is a social construct, so let's just go with owl. Yeah. Yeah, thank you. Thanks, yes. thanks Aline. Finally, yeah. someone said it. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> so, yes, the fly Ask is it. in the skull. Okay. Oh, but actually, <laughs> oh, back yeah. to the science of it. Um, it is, like, very likely, as someone who spent quality time in an ER, to see, like, we pull bugs out of people's sure. ears. Like, that's not sure, unreasonable, yeah. sure. but it will... Even if your tympanic membrane was not intact, it's not going to be able to transverse, like the ossicles in the ear like it's a very small area <laughs> and that bug might be in your ear but it is not in your skull per se okay good luck with that uh, case closed person it could be in your lungs if you sucked it in and then like aspirated it rather than swallowing it yeah that might but be that could cause a problem possible. you have bigger issues if you're if it's inside your skull though that's skull. you could have swallowed it and or aspirated it but then it could have still retained the ability to fly back up and then carve a new path up to <laughs> oh, your <wow>. brain <laughs> yes like and then sleep snakes, in your meninges. When snakes just oh. swallow their prey whole and then it tries to claw its way out of them. I like to watch those videos on YouTube. I love snakes. Of course you do. Of, what is like, wrong with you? Gopher <laughs> trying to escape snake. The new skin treatment is to take flies and inject them into your skull. Right. Actually. So we'll try <laughs> who, that next week. Who loved working with Drosophila in college? Like, they're just such great pets. Cute Where's flies. the trap door? I hated killing them. I just like to gas them, like, so that they're, like, temporarily oh, yeah, paralyzed. Oh, yeah, Yeah. That's pretty fun. Wow. Someone fun. just could just do this to me. Put me in a tube and knock me out for periods of a time. And There's probably a few people who'd like to. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be putting a link to all the topics we've discussed in this episode's show notes at theshortcourt.com. <laughs> but for now, that is our show. Aline, uh, Claire, you. Ali. Thank you for having me. Kylie, <laughs> thank you so much for being on the show today. And thank you, listeners, for making us a part of your week. If you like what you heard today... We hope we've earned your subscription. Not only do we give out free advice, it might even be good advice. So send your <laughs> questions or whatever you like to the shortcodes at gmail.com. Or you can leave us a message at 347-SHORT-CT and we'll talk about it on the show. Hey, if you want to send us something physical that's not uh, dangerous. Like, not a weapon like an arm or anything. Not, a, <laughs> not dangerous or illegal. TSA rules apply here. You could send it to the shortcodes. 1216-MER-F as in Frank, Iowa City, Iowa, 52242. That's possible. Dave, you could just, do that. You're just asking for cheese in the mail. I do. <laughs> Yikes. Uh, you can also I like contribute. whatever's going on with you today. <laughs> you can also contribute your recipes for med school success by visiting theshortcoat.com and clicking the orange send in a recipe button. And uh, we'll we'll do something with that at some point, and you'll get a free copy. The show is made possible by a generous donation by Carver College of Medicine Student Government and ongoing support from the Writing and Humanities Program. Our executive producer is Jason Lewis. Our opening music is by Dr. Vox, and our closing music is by Catmosphere. Talk to you in one week. <laughs>